0: what are you really gambling with? This is what's in store at Melton on Saturday night. This is, you know, Harness Racing's got its back to the wall with a lot of cuts and so on, but have a look at this for a, a glittering amount of prize money. Um, you've got the $250,000 final for two-year-old Colts and Geldings, same amount of prize money for the Phillies, One hundred and fifty k for the... Uh, Lather up, Breeders Crown final for three-year-old colts and Another one worth 150k, two worth 102 or 75. So there's lots of lots of money up for grabs, and we're going to find out who's going to grab most of it with the great harness racing man himself, Ryan Phelan in the studio. How are you, mate? Get
1: it, Matty. Good to be with you. Look, there's a reason for that, too. You know, I, I I know you're referencing that that times are tough in harness racing, but obviously...
0: This is a it, bit self-funding, isn't it?
1: Well, anything that's attached to a breeding industry is vitally important, as you know, in thoroughbreds. And you look at the honour roll of this series, for example, it's been going since 1998. This is the launch pad of the Grand Circuit champions of tomorrow. So, you know, the Vic Bread series, this won the Breeders' Crown as well. They're vital important and you look at the cross section of trainers and I know we'll talk shortly about Emma Stewart for example how she will most likely dominate the Pacers series but it's not just the Pacers, there's four group ones also for the Trotters and this is where you can often get your hobbyists come in with, uh, you know, a, a real vital chance. So I think it's a real great cross-section of the industry of those who can represent themselves on the biggest stage. And and this meeting on Saturday night certainly is a great example of that.
0: It's actually – the way you pointed it out, it's interesting because – I've had a few things to say about whether the, the, the extreme dominance of uh, Emma Stewart is actually good for harness racing or not, and it's no knock on her because she, she's an absolute superstar. But the counterbalance with the trotters, as you say, the grassroots sort of stories and the hobbyists, in the overall package of the night, you've got a superpower and then you've got some nice stories that might come through in the in the trotting races as well on a much different scale. And look, the the critics of that, in some
1: Instances I can understand because you look at the inner dominions for example, and, and this week we learnt that Emma Stewart was not going to be nominating 10 of her horses, and that's a fair chunk mm. of that Inter-Dominion final field. Now we've got to a point where the pacing series, you know, without sounding too disrespectful, is is looking a little bit thin. Is there any reason why she wiped out her 10 runners? <laughs> look, they're, they're so... <laughs> There's a lot of critics about where the inner dominion currently exists at at this point of the year, and I'm actually one of them. I want to see more New Zealanders racing in these Group 1 races, and where they're programming it now towards the end of the year, yes, it probably has a grand final feel for the Australian programming, but it's just no good for the New Zealand programming. It's it's too close Mm. to the New Zealand Cup, and and just with their trotting races over there at the moment, for example, you know, it just can't, can't be done. Done, What's to the best international time file? For it? I mean, it, we've we tried it in different incarnations. Um you know, it's it's been earlier in the year, in in sort of March, April. Uh, that seems to make a bit of sense. Yeah, look, it cannot... One of the most, you know, that I actually enjoyed the Dom series was in two thousand, where they literally had it as you know the build up races were the Victoria Cup into the Hunter Cup into the Inner Dominion series, and it was all
0: Mooney Valley, wasn't it? It was all
1: Mooney Valley, yeah. and you know, it was it was like the greatest hits of harness racing. I think what needs to happen is we need to get together as a collective. Harness racing, I think, doesn't have the strength that it once did to be jurisdictional. I think we need to bandy together as a sport as a whole and just not, you know, um, a pillage for ourselves, but actually uh, pump each other up that the overall
0: product, 12 months of the year, is great for Australasian harness racing. So are you suggesting, well, there's the rotation as well, which can be problematic from time to time, but if you're to have that discussion about what suits all best. You have to have New Zealand on, on the discussion and if there's a bigger decision to be made, then maybe they might have to... If, you've, if everyone still believes in the Interdominion as the centrepiece of the sport then maybe the Kiwis have to think about whether they can make some adjustments as well, if if there's a, a greater good argument with the Inter-Dominion. And the way
1: that the Kiwis have combated that is probably the Peter Volante's approach. So they're throwing a great deal of money at these slot races at the moment, and Perth has, has done the same. And depending on, you know, which side of the fence you sit on, and I'm not on that side of the fence, I must say, Matty, I'm a bit of a purist. I like my Inter-Dominions, you know, I love my derbies, my Oaks, you know, I'm, I'm a real traditionalist in that regard, and and harness racing is is not too dissimilar to what Thoroughbreds are going through at the moment, whereas I think we spread ourselves a bit too thin with Group 1s. You know, I think we should be making our Group 1s a destination, and I think that should be Australia-wide. So not just Victoria, not just New South Wales and Queensland, but, you know, Tasmania, South Australia, uh, you know, Perth as well. You know, we, we need to, for each state, be having a destination where people can say, oh, it's, um you know, it's, it's October. This is, you know, Victoria's Group 1 month, or, you know, it's it's June. This is South Australia's Group One month. So if we have destinations for these these big races, I think you know they'll etch themselves in the memory of, of people and and grow a new audience. But hey, I'm not in. I'm just a, a media performer. I'm not an administrator. That's just my opinion.
0: Well, funny SMS. You talk about you being a media performer. There's an SMS here. As long as Ryan Phelan has been in harness racing, I still think him as of him as the guy from Sports Tonight. <laughs> so there you go.
1: I, well, I can have a lot of incarnations where people remember him from. Buddy, some not too good <laughs> no
0: no well you're a definite star on sports tonight there's no doubt about that uh 90 50 52, if you want to talk to the former cleo bachelor of the year and star oh, of sports tonight 1300 652927 we've got another interview from andrew bensley from caracca coming up at the end of ryan Feelan. Uh, uh sms has just come through this is an interesting one a very simple one too hi guys why is harness racing prize money so poor
1: well, you know, it probably comes down to turnover, Maddie, and you know, obviously, the greyhounds has gobbled up a lot of your market share, hasn't it? You know, and, and look, we have to be innovative in harness racing, and you know, we're trying different things. You know, I, one that comes to mind is is fast track twelve hundred, which we've been doing recently, which is I hate them shorter course racing, and I know a lot of people will hate them, Maddie. But you know what? It's maybe the person
0: in the pub that doesn't bet on harness racing they might like them. Why would they? It's it's interesting though because. We were talking to the Greyhound people about um, the camera angle innovation that they used for the the big race meeting last week, right? Mm. And they had all these fancy camera angles. Everyone was saying, well, no, that's for the promotion of it, those angles. But when you're watching the race, you want a clean cut, you want a clean picture. And they're saying, but we're trying to appeal to a different demographic. Mm. But why would a different demographic love it if, love it if we don't? Like they, they still have the same requirement. I don't know. I just think the 1200 metre races are ridiculous, to be honest. I just think you've got to try. And, you know, we, the, the thing is we as a sport have to
1: be self-sufficient. You know, we're a government organisation, but we're, we don't have government funding supporting us at the moment. So we have to find a way to grow revenue. And, and so we're trying things. And, and you know, Matt Isaacs, our new CEO, he, he's come in and he, he is thinking in a very innovative way. And, and it's a challenging time for harness racing, not just in Victoria, but as a whole. So... You know, you know, you look at look at thoroughbreds and particularly what they're doing in in New South Wales. My goodness, I mean, mm. what what a, a massive leap! thoroughbreds has to take to catch up to to racing in new south wales think about us as i guess the second tier racing sport what we have to do just to catch up to thoroughbred
0: racing so and then thoroughbred racing has to catch up to everything else so it's a a really look
1: we have to try we have to be innovative and we'd love to dine out on past glories of Mm. the 70s 80s and 90s when harness racing is flying but people are spoiled for choice now and yes so prize money has Mm. has you know been a, a a poor sort of part of harness racing that it suffered, but we've just got to find new revenue streams and hopefully we can get that prize money back up to where it needs to be.
0: Matt Isaacs, in all likelihood, is going to join me in the studio next week for about half an hour to have a bit of a chat about uh, the state of play and a few of these innovations and so on. So that that will be interesting. All right, Breeders' Crown, for those who don't really understand or know about the concept, just in a snapshot, just explain what the Breeders' Crown is all about. Well, Breeders' Crown is basically
1: for horses that are bred in victoria so they can come from you know there'll there'll be horses for example there's a favorite uh you know in the uh the third race on saturday night not as promised who's a queensland trotter but it's been bred in victoria so therefore it's eligible to race in these races it's for two and three year uh trotters and also paces so there's eight group ones on the card this saturday night there's also a graduate program so those who wage out of two and three-year-olds. They race in the graduate series for good money as well in the uh, the mares, uh, which we'll see in the last race on Saturday night and even last Friday night at Bendigo. So it's it's a series that will
0: rewards participants for breeding in Victoria. All right. Well, let's just go through race by race and we'll sort of snapshot it and we might spend a bit more time on some of the more interesting races. So uh, I'll start with the, the promo I've got in front of me. So the first... Of the big races for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, and this is the Pacers, Group 1, 250 grand. How short is Emma's horse here? I don't know what it is, but how short is it? So we're
1: referencing Race 5 now, and this is the first of the Pacers, Group 1s, on Saturday night. And you're referring to Timmy Richter, who's a short prize favourite. Last I checked a dollar eighty. Yes, he's a dollar eighty. But Maddie I'm actually tipping against Timmy Richter in that race. My best value in the night comes up with number two Storm Rider. This horse has map advantage, I think there's speed from the the one horse in this race Nathan Street, trained by Freddie Tabor, who doesn't train a lot of horses, but he actually had some uh, Breeders' Crown glory a number of years ago with a horse you might remember Sushi Sushi, Sushi. Sushi. yes so he's got a really nice horse here in Nathan Street Stormrider's drawn too, I think Nathan Street would be happy to take a sit on Stormrider, who was the Vic Bread champion, but what's so great about this Breeders' Crown series as well, Maddie? you have heats into a semi-final, into a, into a final so you get exposed form you don't have to go really deep, you can only go back their last couple and you've got a good form reference. Well, if you go back deeper with Storm Rider, probably his runs throughout the the Breeders' Crown is why he's the price he is on Saturday night, $4.20 I think they put him up almost $6 but His runs, if you forensically look at them, weren't too bad. But if you look at them on paper, they're not as good as Timmy Richter. And hence, that's why the prices are the way they are. But I think he's the best value of the night storm rider. And this will be the first of what I think will be four, a a sweep of the Pacers uh, finals on
0: Saturday night for Emma Stewart. Are you confident backing an Emma Stewart to beat an Emma Stewart?
1: You know, and and look... (laughs) People who don't, uh, you know, watch a lot of harness racing, they'll have their thoughts. And I don't want to say the words that some people often say. but it, oh, look, I'm not suggesting anything, but, but it's just that one of those little things in what, your mind is yeah. how do you rate one against the other look, almost? what you've got to remember is, yes, you might see in this particular race, there's four horses, five horses, in fact, trained, by the same trainer, but they're all owned in different interests. And quite often, one will upset the other and, all the time. And I can tell oh. you that the owners all want to win this race, and the drivers want to win it for the owners, so uh, I've got no doubt that uh, Mark Pitt, he'll be trying to lead on Stormrider, and if David Moran tries
0: to have a crack on Timmy Richter and league, I'll be, I'll be very shocked if he hands up. Put Alright. That okay, that's race five. Let's have a look at the Pebble Beach Breeders' Crown Final for two-year-old fillies. What's, what's going to happen here? Yeah, look, this is one of the races of the night because Very Pretty who has come through this
1: series so well absolutely stunning fashion, four wins, four, uh, four starts from four wins but Draw a Dream who won uh, the Vic Bread uh, six starts, six wins is drawn outsider in barrier three so two and three I think Very Pretty will lead I think Draw a Dream might be forced to either Sit 1-1 depends on what Millwood Bliss does, uh, you know, and and gives it cover or whether it parks out, draw a dream but either way I see those two battling it out but it's interesting uh, the Emma Stewart dominance, particularly on her her home turf here, Maddie, because the fastest two-year-old that we've seen in Australia, Luxa Turner, only three runs ago broke the track record at Menangle. It's come down here for two starts, a second and a third and so it's, it's really, you know, found it tough to measure up against these top quality fillies so it just speaks to the depth of of that particular race, but I, I'm I'm leaning very pretty in that race. I overdraw a dream. I wouldn't be surprised if it's an Emma Stewart Quinella or a trifecta. All right,
0: but way. it sounds like me might be on for young and old between the two of them. Uh, the three-year-old colts and geldings. The the lather up woodland stud three-year-old colts and geldings. Yeah, this
1: this I I found to be one of the more interesting races of the night. It looks a two-horse race between the two Emma Stewart horses. Oliver Dan drawn two and perfect class drawn four. Oliver Dan is more. Progressive, and I think probably at this time of the year in the Breeders' Crown, maybe that's what you want. Whereas Perfect Class was absolutely, uh, you know, superb in the derby. It ran second in the derby behind Petrarca off the back row, and here it is off the front row, drawing barrier number four. So this race t- tactically will be a really interesting one. Oliver Dan probably shouldn't hold up to to perfect class but even if he does hand up to perfect class maybe he can he can sprint lane and beat it so that's an interesting one I'd, I I originally went perfect class but I, I think I'm switching back to Oliver Dan but I think that will be a dead set Quinella not that i will right. pay that much but I think that's how they'll finish All
0: right. Hey get involved there's a lot of SMS's coming through we might even insert a few of these into the conversation now but keep them coming 0416905052 a lot of passionate harness people who've got some views on where things are going one 652 927 Give us a ring and have a chat to Ryan Phelan, former Cleo Bachelor of the Year. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. Given current financial... The thing is, of- when you bring that up, everyone always emphasises former, the former. Former. And then they
1: say, what happened?
0: yeah. <laughs> well, blokes like you and I who were, were absolute spunks in our day, we just don't like to be reminded hi. that time has moved on. <laughs> hey, uh, Hi, guys. Given current financial plight of harness racing, it's obvious the money HRA put into the Eureka race has not had any meaningful benefit to ongoing turnover. Money could be better spread across the industry. That's Nick. Uh, I don't think the automatic effect of the Eureka is that suddenly the rivers of gold are going to open up week to week and day to day, especially when you look at last week's meeting at Melton where there's a series of $1.30 favourites. So I think it's more about the growth of the Eureka as a, as kind of a centrepiece in a way rather than it's going to suddenly spark wagering left, right and centre on a daily basis. And again, it's a
1: slot race, a unique concept, but it's also attached to the Australian breeding industry, which is obviously, you know, a major and vital part of our sport so I was there on Eureka night I thought it was a tremendous success I liked yep. so many aspects of it and you know it was it's first run so I'm sure it's going to get even better but you know I I, I welcome critics of harness racing but as long as we're not tearing it down mm. let's let's all work
0: together and try find some some better solutions and, and some great suggestions because we're listening Hi guys loved Ryan Phelan doing the harness racing on Sky, on Sky could see and feel his commitment definitely a loss to harness racing with his what seemed like a long disappearance, great to hear him back. You're much loved. If harness racing keeps producing results like Saturday night turnover will remain low, that's Marcus with all the short price favourites. Mm-hmm. Fair enough comment, I think. Uh, how about running buses to Melton and try and get some people out to Melton? you People want to... Well, you're going to have to have people who want to go on the buses too. I mean, it's, it's all very well to say put on buses, but is there an appetite for people to jump on a bus and go out? I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: look, it's, it's a real, you know, challenging space for us in harness racing. I, I can remember the days going back to Harold Park and Moonee Valley, Maddie, where they would absolutely pack the joint. You know, even the, we had the New Zealand Cup over in, in uh, Christchurch the other week, one of the great harness racing events that's supported by the entire city. And to see harness racing celebrated like that, it's so infectious, and that's how we bring people in. But but it is hard to to get, you know, people to a harness racing track nowadays, you know. I, I, or Gallup's track. I'm, you know, or running the broadcast fit. media yeah. at, at Harness Racing Victoria. And, you know, I, I often say that, Harness racing is a great TV sport, Um, you know, but that doesn't mean that we can give up on getting people on track. It's very important for owners and the growth of our sport. We're we're trying, but, geez, it's a competitive space out there, not just for the racing industry, sport in general, entertainment in general. Everyone's
0: sport for choice nowadays, aren't they? Just on that, Interdominion and... Uh, Phoenix are on the same night. I know mm. the Phoenix on .com. What's the story with the Inter-Dominion final as far as free-to-air goes? So
1: we, uh, I'll be broadcasting uh, that particular coverage will exist on Sky Channel yep. and on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Okay. So the I whether they, I, I think we're still to finalise whether we'll have the entire program on Sky Thoroughbred Central, but the majority of the features will exist there, similar to as it's done with the Miracle Mile and the Inter-Dominion. in in New South Wales last year. Uh, There'll be ascot racing at the time, so we might chop in and out of of that particular programming for a period. But, yes, they will exist on Sky Thoroughbred.
0: Was there any desire to get onto .com for the Interdominion? Uh, Those avenues were
1: explored by Racing Queensland, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, what what happens under the TAB agreement is that all jurisdictions have uh, what's called a carve-out where they can have a certain amount of meetings per year under that broadcast agreement that they can exist on a more mainstream platform to hopefully give a more bespoke offering. Um, and, yeah, I think they, they reached out to Racing.com, they reached out to Channel 7, uh, and it just landed best that okay. that it was on Sky Thoroughbred Central.
0: For One them. more SMS, because it's great. I love this engagement. It's a, it's a, a lot of people thinking about the sport in so many ways and some of them are quite creative. This is an interesting one from someone who's obviously not in the harness fold. What sort of coin can a standard bred yearling go for or are yearling sales not really a thing? Well, I know they are a really big thing and I think there was a change of company mm. for the yearling sales and I think you sort of halve it and drop 10% from a thoroughbred and you've got about the right price, haven't you? There's, I think that I heard
1: recently the average... Was something around eighty to a hundred thousand at a recent sale, and and to me, I look personally. I think there's a disparity between what you can earn with with pays as to what they're paying nowadays at the sales, and that's why these series like Breeders' Crown is so important. That you know they are paying much mm. better money for mm. these high quality U.S. bred. Mm. Uh, you know uh, horses so you want an instant return just as it is is for thoroughbred racing but then beyond these series yeah look there is a bit of a drop down but look people are prepared to pay it Um, you know I always was Probably, you know, when I was buying horses, always looking, you know, on the English sales. And, you know, you were talking to McIran before mm-hmm. about the ready to run. I, I think, you know, I like that there's different ways you can get into harness racing. You just don't have to
0: buy the blue bloods at the sales. You can get in very cheaply in other yep. ways as well, you know. There's another one here saying reward for effort's a bit out of whack in the harness because of the prize money and the hard hours. Uh, all right, well, let's snapshot what's left, uh, Ryan, and I've completely lost where we were. I'll, I'll pick... pick up for you, Maddie. Right-o,
1: so we, we got up to uh, the last of the Breeders' Crown paces, and that was probably one of the highlights of the night, actually, where we've got Joyful, who's drawn barrier four, Emma Stewart, Sweet Bella, who's drawn barrier five, Emma Stewart, Dave Moran taking the drive there, and Major Delight, who's the favourite $1.95 for Mark Pitt and Emma Stewart, drawn barrier six. And it was just so intriguing when this draw came out because I, I, you know, went through a speed map so many times. I think what will happen is Joyful will have enough speed to get to the pigs first and then I think most likely hand up to Sweet Bella and then I see Major Delight having to sit parked and Look, she's a real star Philly, Major Delight. And I, th- I think these three will go on to be, you know, I-, I don't want to compare them to Ladies in Red because she's an absolute champion. But I, th- I think these are going in that direction for sure. So that'll be a great battle up the straight. And I will lean to Major Delight to win that just based on, you know, she's just... You know, been there and done it at this Group One level in top class for for quite a while now and delivered. So, and I think the longer the race is going, the tougher she has to do it, the better she is. So, I'll stick with Major Delight. And that, from the, talking about the paces, Maddie, that's that's for my right. reckoning a clean sweep for for Emma Stewart in those four
0: races. All right, just give us a couple of highlight trotters.
1: Okay, highlight trotters, and I reckon this is a, a good trotter in the making. It's it's going to be bound for the New Zealand Derby in race number three. A horse by the name of Not As Promised. Interestingly, was trained by Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars, but they had so many good horses, they had to sell some of them. And this was one of the ones they sold. And in this race, Jess and Greg have shacked the anvil, who's drawn Barry three, And who do they look next to? Their old, old oh, stable well, sacked, not as promised, who's <laughs> absolutely just airborne at the moment for Queensland trainer, Graham Dwyer, so much so it's the favourite for the race. It'll, I think, win this race and then go to the New Zealand Derby, which is against New Zealand's best three-year-old trotters over there and be a legitimate chance. And or- Jess and
0: Greg, if you get rolled, you can't just take him back. <laughs> well, <laughs> He's
1: gone. <laughs> the, the, don't worry. I, th- I think Greg and Jess look around their, uh, their property at the moment and think, gee, we've got a really nice bunch of Unreal, was- isn't most it? Most notably
0: got- with Just Believe. Ellen, is- Ellen Tubbs, the late, great Former great mate of mine. He'd be so proud of uh, Jess and Amy. Incredible ambassadors for the sport. Mm. I, I just
1: love Greg and Jess and what, what they're mm. doing with their, their horse and how they're representing the sport. But yep. I think Shaq the Anvil in that race will run a good second and not as promised. And, you know, one of the really good stories of the night, Maddie, um, will be in race number 10 on the program. Now, when I was growing up in Queensland, one You're of my, an outback
0: boy, aren't you? Well,
1: I, I grew up on the north side of Brisbane. I'm originally from Air in North Queensland, sugar cane country. And if you ever want to go barramundi fishing, it's hard to beat. Um, <laughs> but I grew up on the north side of Brisbane. Grew up in Redcliffe, hence Redcliffe Harness Racing was mm. was one of my uh, favourite places. But um, John Newbury was a leading trainer up there at the time in Queensland. One of my favourite horses was a horse called Bride and Duke, and he would often be, you know, one of Queensland's best chances in these big quality, you know, group races up in in Queensland and the like, but he was never able to win one. And John Newbury has his first chance to win a Group 1 with his son Matt with Nordic Rain in race number 10, who is the favourite in the uh, Breeders' Crown two-year-old Trotting Phillies final. I think she'll lead. I think she'll win. And that would just be such a great story. Do you think John... he'll remember you? Well, <laughs> maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. But uh, I certainly remember him. And, yep. you know, and and they're a lovely family. So it'd be great to see father and son combining for the first uh, group one of their careers uh, with Nordic Reign. That's in race number 10 on the program. All
0: right. It's going to be huge. Prize money's massive. It's a, it's a real chance for some of these harness participants. Who works so hard to get some serious coin? Just one SMS harness racing sale toppers at yielding sales in Australia and New Zealand generally are between 200,000 and 300,000, uh, which gives you an idea of probably the difference between the thoroughbreds. Hey, Ryan, good on you, mate. Thanks for coming in. And now that you're across the road, we're just going <laughs> to drag you over sort of more often than you think.
1: No, that's good, mate. Happy to come on because, you know, RSN always gives great support to Harness Racing and, you know, part of what we often talk about is getting out there as as much as we can and, and talking about our sport and having conversations about our sport. And I'm encouraged to hear that a lot of people have texted in this morning, Maddie, because yeah. that's great. There are people that care. And, and even if, you know, th- there's some critics, fine. You know, we're always trying to find solutions and on platforms like yours where we've got a great audience, Thoroughbred, Harness, Racing greyhounds you know
0: we want to bring everyone into our sport so absolutely come on board someone's sms no gator game plan today big boy uh well the answer is yes we do but it's a bit of a snapshot it's only thursday i don't don't want to do too much before saturday given we're going to indulge in it tomorrow so we're going to do a nice snapshot from gator after this break good on you ryan we'll see you soon thanks maddie